What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Chris McCallery was an early Bitcoin miner and today serves as the founder and CEO of CoinCloud, the world's largest network of two-way digital currency kiosks. In this conversation, we discuss Bitcoin, mining, ATMs, increasing adoption, and how Chris has built such a large company. I'm really impressed with Chris and I enjoyed this conversation. I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly remind you, are you looking for a job in the crypto space? Do you want to work at a Bitcoin company or a crypto company? Well, we've got two products specifically designed just for you. The first is the job marketplace. Anyone in the world who's looking for a job can go to pompcryptojobs.com and you can apply to hundreds of open roles at the top companies in the industry. People have already been hired at Coinbase, Kraken, Gemini, BlockFi, Strike, and many, many others. Go to pompcryptojobs.com and start applying today. Next up is if you think that you don't have enough knowledge to actually go through the hiring process yet, we've got you covered there as well. You can go to pompscryptocourse.com and you'll go through our training program. It's a three-week intensive program that we've worked with a number of the leading HR teams to actually develop the curriculum. The goal is that once you go through that, we hand you off to the HR teams and you can immediately walk into an interview confident and full of all the knowledge they need you to have in order to get hired. So pompcryptojobs.com, you want to go straight ahead and just apply to open roles or go to pompscryptocourse.com if you want to go through that training program. All right, let's get in this episode with Chris. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's uh, let's get into this. First, let's start with your backstory. Uh, you were very early to Bitcoin, noticed that this might be a thing, maybe get a couple Bitcoin in case it catches on, as Satoshi said. Tell us kind of how you originally came across Bitcoin and, uh, and what caught your eye. Yeah, so uh, I was a part of the online poker craze and boom uh, in college. And uh, rather than getting a real job out of college, I moved to Vegas and played online poker, uh, bought a house, did that for a few years. And then uh, in 2011, uh, what they call Black Friday happened. And the Department of Justice shut down Full Tilt Poker, Poker Stars, um, and uh, Ultimate Bet Poker. And you know, as a kid with his whole bankroll on those sites, I was a kid in my early twenties, have it locked up overnight. You know, I just saw sort of the power of, uh, not custodying your own funds. And, uh, that was 2011. I just heard about Bitcoin for the first time at the end of 2010. And I was like, wow. Uh, you know, if, if I'd had my money in Bitcoin, you know, I could have, I could have prevented a lot of this. And I went down that Bitcoin wormhole, started reading the, you know, the Bitcoin talk forums, you know, just went down the full wormhole, warm started mining in my garage uh, in 2011 because that was really the only way you could buy it unless you wanted to wire money off to Japan, which, uh, you know, given my experience with online poker, I wasn't sending money offshore anymore. And so uh, became sort of like the Bitcoin guy amongst my friends, family, acquaintances, was meeting people, um, telling them, you know, you should buy some Bitcoin. They're like, okay, yeah, how do I do that? Um, you know yeah, you got to go mine, build a mining rig. Or you got to send money to Japan. Which one do you want to do? And they're like, okay, no, thanks. So I sort of saw the problem of, of how hard 
Bitcoin was to get in the early days and uh, was going to Bitcoin conferences. And at this conference uh, in 2013, uh, saw the prototype of the Bitcoin ATM. It was this giant behemoth thing called a RoboCoin. And uh, I ended up buying one of those. And they're like, well, we're only selling them to uh, Canada and Europe right now because nobody in the U.S. has figured out a cash to uh, crypto compliance regime uh, as a money service business. And so uh, my, my college roommate was a lawyer, worked with him uh, to help figure out how to, how to do this compliantly. And we launched our first location in 2014 uh, here in Las Vegas. And uh, today we've got uh 4500 locations in 48 states and in brazil and uh we're still growing really fast and uh we're just trying to make bring digital currency to all all right so i want to go back first 2010 2011 you have this kind of catastrophic external event where literally you wake up one day black friday bam they took all the money uh and they're like we're freezing everything we'll figure out how to do it when you start actually looking at bitcoin you had that as the perspective or that as the backdrop so it's very clear hey the fact that i hold it rather than somebody else interesting uh when you begin mining and uh really kind of entering into the space what was the general sentiment like were you like oh this thing's going to you know $60,000 and like, Hey, we're all going to get rich. Or was it very much just like, Oh, this is like intellectually interesting to us. I want to kind of play around and learn here. And then it became this thing that was much, much bigger than everyone thought at the time. Yeah. When I first heard about it, it was on a podcast. Econ talk was one of my favorite podcasts at the time was 70 cents. And, uh, you know, like a few months after that happened, uh, it crossed $1 parity. And I was like, wow, this is like, it's at $1. It's more valuable than the U S dollar at this point. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And so at that point, like I'd sort of gotten this itch of like price appreciation and, you know, it was, it was like part, I wanted to get some Bitcoin and it was really hard to get. So I just did it for, for that purpose. But I also wanted to learn about, you know, how it actually worked, what this mining process was. I'm very much like a learning by doing sort of person. And, uh, you know, yeah, I went down this wormhole and looking back, like, I can't believe I actually was like, did what I did in terms, I had like this octopus computer that had like eight graphics cards connected to it. I was like writing scripts in my garage, like on, on, you know, how to mine. It was, you know, I'm not really that technical of a person, but somehow I got it done. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. And so talk to us about CoinCloud. Let's start from the top in terms of just how many employees, how many locations. uh, And then if you can disclose, how big is the business from a financial standpoint? Yeah. So we're uh, 240 employees. We're headquartered here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we've got 4,500 locations installed today uh, in a variety of amazing retailers, um, HEB, uh, 7-Eleven, uh, many others. Uh, you know, we're bringing this mainstream, digital currency mainstream. So when you're at your checkout counter, you know, look around, you'll probably see one of our kiosks. Um, in terms of, you know, how, how big is this financially? Yeah, we're... Um, in the hundreds of millions, if not billions, in terms of our total sales today, I, I, I'm not sure what we'll be at by the end of this year. Um, it's, it, we're, we're looking forward to a, to a good November and December, so I think we'll we'll probably get into the billions this year. So, got it. And when you look at uh, how this works, so you go to let's take a 7-Eleven, right, or, or some other kind of retailer, you go to them and you get the ATM actually placed inside of that. What is the relationship between uh, your business and the retailer? Like, I don't think people understand how these businesses work from like a mechanism standpoint. 
for us is really simple. We're subleasing basically a 1.6 square foot space in their store. And uh, the value proposition to them is really simple. They, you know, get rent. So based on the rent we pay, we're already the number one, you know, revenue per square foot in their entire store. And, and you know, if you got a small C store or a grocery store, um, they're really looking at that metric. In, in addition to that rent and revenue that we pay, we're bringing in uh, lots of new foot traffic. So around 300 people a month are, are, are coming to the destination to buy and sell digital currency. Uh, we're one of the few digital currency machines that, you know, our entire network is two way and that you can buy and sell. And so, you know, that adds a lot of repeat traffic people who, who've bought elsewhere want to cash out. Um, one of the only places they can get cash for crypto is our kiosk. And so that drives a lot of traffic into their store and uh, retains a loyal customer. And because crypto is so sort of new and scary to a lot of people, we have a, a live 24 seven customer support line that, you know, they can call anytime. How do I download a wallet? How do I do my first transaction? How do I sell my Bitcoin for cash? Where do I find a location? Where are the hours? You know, call us anytime. We'll, you don't even have to be a customer. We'll help you, you know, understand what digital currencies are, how to use them and use our product. And so building that trust with, with our customers is a really important piece of what we do and uh, brings a lot of customer loyalty to both our business and the host business. Got it. And then walk me through in terms of who is this for, right? I think a lot of folks, when they think of buying Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, they're thinking about going on to uh, kind of a traditional exchange. I'll put traditional in air quotes of it's something that I do on the internet. I go, I sign up for an account and I go and I purchase it that way. These are in-person physical retail uh, devices. So what is the kind of um, intended or target uh, demographic age, um, you know, location? Like, how do you think about why somebody would go to the physical uh, system rather than go online? Great question. That's just a lot of things. Uh, or one key point most people understand about our business, but it's cash to crypto. There's no banking intermediary uh, with our product. It's direct in and out to crypto with, with cash. And, you know, cash is in a, a very immediate payment means and still serves 30 plus percent of all transactional activity in the United States. You know, COVID might've put a dent into that a little bit, but cash isn't going anywhere. And there's a certain um, piece of cash that is financially independent from sort of the legacy banking system that you, know, you don't need a bank account in order to uh, do these transactions. And as somebody who's been in crypto since 2010, uh, I've, I've probably had 50 bank accounts closed because, because banks saw you know a Coinbase wire coming in out of my account or a Gemini wire coming in out of my, my account. And for a long period of time, there was this sort of you know, embargo, um, against people who did crypto transactions. And so, uh, you know, I, th I think the importance of cash to crypto, um, is really, you know, missed in the mainstream media today. And, uh, you know, we sort of provide that sort of base level of, of being able to supercharge your dollars, right? You, you can, you can take your U S dollar and you can turn it into a digital currency and get, you know, a million more use cases and value out of it. That's uh, that's a really powerful thing to, uh, especially to people who are underbanked, that um, or don't want to be banked or are unbanked. You know, there's this whole class of, of U.S. citizens that um, the banking system just doesn't serve, and they still need to interact with the global economy. And uh, you know, cash to crypto is, is an amazing way 
for them to supercharge their dollars. And then is this all individuals or are there other uh, types of organizations, whether they're corporations or other types of folks uh, that would be using this as well? And then maybe you can also talk about the U.S. versus international, right? Is there a difference there that you see uh, between uh, what many would describe as like a Western developed nation versus anywhere else that you guys may have locations? Yeah. So at the, at the retail level, we're, we're to individuals, you know, corporations don't really use use that part of our business. We do have an over-the-counter trading desk, private client desk for people who want to do over $25,000 a day. Um, we see more corporations use that. We also have uh, sort of a, an on-chain DeFi fund um, that's gaining some, some corporate interest that uh, came out of just managing our, our company treasury, which is a whole new business we're, we're, we're getting into. But um, in terms of the international front, uh, Brazil, you know, we see much smaller transaction volumes, but a higher quantity. And, and Brazil is a country where over 50% of the people are paid in cash. And, you know, over 50% as well are not connected to the legacy banking system there. And so the value proposition to uh, users in that country is massive. And we see a lot of just small dollar volumes there. And, you know, then it's all about education there. I think, you know, they're a little bit further behind in terms of their adoption curve. And so, uh, we're making, you know, big efforts in both places, both in the United States and Brazil, um, on education. Got it. Joe, John, what questions you guys got? Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Hey. What's uh, up, Jeff? Not much, man. So my, my question would be just like, how big can this business be, right? You've obviously got really good traction here in the United States. Uh, it sounds like you're doing some cool and interesting things abroad, but like, how big can this business be? So I think we all believe this is the future of finance, that crypto technology is going to be behind all personal corporate finance in the 21st century. And so anywhere you see uh, a legacy ATM, there will be a crypto ATM in its place or next to it um, over the next, whatever, 50 years. So that's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of locations. I think today there's 4 million ATMs out there. And so the, the use case for, for, for crypto and cash to crypto to your local economy is, is massive. And so um, we're going to continue to put machines out and we, we've just continued to grow and grow and grow and meet the needs of the, of the market demand. And so uh, I don't see it slowing down any, anytime soon. John, what do you got? Yeah. How you doing, Chris? Um, love what you guys are building at CoinCloud. Can you talk about like the KYC stuff that happens? Like what happens when a consumer actually walks up to the machine um, and what is the process for them like? Yeah, so we've got a, the initial KYC level is uh, up to $1,000 a lifetime. You can just come up and use a phone number. And we wanted to make, you know, crypto easy to, to try and buy on, your, on a first experience like that. And so... Um, Beyond that, if you want to do over a thousand dollars a lifetime, you're gonna you're gonna take a selfie and scan your driver's license or, or government ID in some some form. We'll do a match on that. Make sure that you're not on any sort of terrorist watch list or anything like that, and that'll give you a eighty five hundred dollar per day limit. And if you want to go above and beyond that, you do you know share your social security number, and you can do up to twenty five thousand dollars per day. Uh, you're going to answer a couple of questions around you know, what, what your source of income is and how you're planning to use the digital currency. And uh, so, so those are our limits. That's our KYC, very similar to, to uh, most of the other online exchanges in the space. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
Chris, when you think about uh, talent in the space, one of the things I'm really interested in is it seems like there are companies growing at an immense rate. You mentioned that you've got you know hundreds of employees. Where are you finding the talent? And also, how many of those people are coming in already being familiar with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and, and having a kind of foundational um, knowledge base versus you're having to actually train them and you're saying, hey, look, you're really good as a technician or as marketing or, or customer service, but we've got to teach you this other component of it. Great question. So the company's been around since 2014, you know, throughout the years, we've been the ones training people as they've come on because, you know, barely any people had any sort of knowledge or expertise in this space. Um, recently, you know, we, we have our customer support staff. We just had a training session um, starting last week where we brought in a group of 30 or 40 people for, for our latest class. Over half of them already, already, had crypto were crypto enthusiasts had nfts like they're coming in with with nfts as their profile pictures on our company slack so that you know they're so ahead of the curve um this generation that's crypto generation that's popped up in the last year or two uh, so that, that's really exciting to see and you know the labor market's tough generally right now i think all all companies are having a tough time fi- finding people who, who are good quality that want to work um, we're, you know, we're no different from that. We've got, we're growing fast. We've got a lot of job requisitions out. And so, um, you know, getting those people to get off the couch, I guess, and, and, and work, um, is tough in, in this environment today for whatever reason. But, um, you know, I, the one thing we do have going for us, and we haven't got a lot going for us. We're, we're an amazing place to work, but, um, the fact that we're, in crypto, I think is of interest to a lot of people. People see it as the future. People want to, you know, get involved with this industry. And, you know, as, as one of the few crypto companies in Las Vegas, that's something really, really attractive to a lot of young people in this area. Absolutely. When you start thinking about the biggest risks or challenges for your business moving forward, what, what are those things that stick out in terms of things you're working to mitigate right now? Biggest risk. So I think we're all confident crypto is going to continue to grow the market for taking your fiat dollars and, and moving that into digital currencies. That's a great business. I think it's going to be a good business for, for years to come. Risk, you know, I, I would say sort of like crazy regulation that, that might come out. Um, you know, you just see like stuff that doesn't make any sense that is in, in Washington. And, you know, for us, we also have to do licensing at a state by state level. And, you know, we've encountered some weird things at the state level um, that are, are, you know, scary and they come sort of out of misunderstanding usually um, of of how this space works and how it operates and what the risks are. And uh, so something going wrong there at at the regulatory level is I think the biggest risk, I think it's a short-term risk. I think in the long run, people get it right in the long run in the United States. I think we really want to, have the economy grow and be, um, you know, be a, a, a centerpiece of you know the future of, of this technology and the future of the economy. So they'll get their heads on straight at some point. It's just got to be about education and, and you know interacting with the regulators so they make smart, informed choices. Awesome. Uh, before I let you go, I got two last questions. The first one is what is like the pitch for why people should use the coin cloud device um, or, or kind of go find a local location for them? Easiest way to buy and sell digital currency, you know, walk up, put in your phone number, put in some cash, get it sent to your phone within 
a couple minutes or less. That's you know the easiest way to try digital currency. You can buy as little as one dollar at a kiosk, which is which is pretty amazing. You know, if you try and do that at a Coinbase or a Gemini, you're going to be wiring in one dollar. That's not doesn't make any sense. You're going to pay a thirty dollar wire fee. It's going to take you you know a couple of weeks to go through onboarding and compliance. You know, with us, you're buying a beer at your your local liquor store. Walk in, try it out. Right, like like I said earlier, I'm. I find learning by doing is the best way to figure stuff out, and uh, I think that the you know, the magic of, of of experiencing a crypto transaction and having your own digital currency, um, there's nothing like it. And so, if you if you come across a Coin Cloud kiosk anywhere, I'd encourage you to just take out a dollar, five dollars, and and give it a try. All right, and then last thing is, where should we send people to find you on the internet, Twitter or somewhere else? Um, me personally, yeah, yeah, Twitter. I'm I'm probably most active on Twitter. All my other accounts are locked down. Um, I think I'm at Chris underscore McCallery. You are. I'm gonna drop yeah. the uh, the Twitter account uh, in the oh. chat right now. We can uh, maybe get you like two or three more followers. See what, see what we can do there. Anybody want to uh, uh, go follow Chris on Twitter? You can go to that link right there. <laughs> You know, now, now yeah. listen, okay, this is, this is great. I appreciate all of your perspective, but I got to now check with your employee to make sure. Let's see what they think. How did you think of his performance? <laughs> great. I don't know, man. Tough crowd, <laughs> tough crowd. What did you say, Sean? John said, great. I said, great. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the roaring. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate you very much uh, coming on. Uh, obviously, you guys have built a uh, massive business here. You've been in Bitcoin for a very long time. So appreciate all the work that you've done there in, in trying to get more people onboarded into uh, into the asset, more uh, of the education that you guys are doing. And uh, we'll have to ha- bring you back as uh, you guys continue to build a bigger and bigger business. I know that, uh, that we're super excited and cheering for you. And every single person that walks in this studio sees uh, sees the ATM here and uh, uh, asks us, hey, what is that? So it's uh, strategically placed in uh, uh, a place where everyone sees it. Love it. Hey, I love what you guys are doing for the space. You know, I've been following you guys for, for many years, you know, what you guys do in terms of all the topics you discuss and and the education, um, Bitcoin and beyond, um, personal finance. You know, I, I think you're doing amazing things for, for the whole world. So thank you for what you guys do. And you, have, and you have this coming towards you. you I'm going to send you one of these. We're going to uh, get you. Uh, now, now, here's the problem is a bunch of people who are watching this from CoinCloud are all going to start hitting us up. Be like, hey, how do I get one? I need one to wear to the party too. So uh, hopefully you guys have a great Christmas party. And uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. All right. Thanks, Palm Boys. Thanks. Thanks.